0: listening to primal radio the podcast dedicated to combat sports martial arts self-defense and the warrior mindset and here are your hosts from hamilton new jersey jim mccann and london england tom mcgrath
1: oh I'm losing my voice we made it back another day despite many issues here tom alana how are you guys doing great great we made it on we had some technical alana you gonna answer
2: well, I don't know. Maybe. Right. Uh, well, I feel like it's Christmas. It is Actually, a good Christmas. Fun. not a recession We had some one. issues
1: yeah. with uh, our technology, but we uh, Gene was able to figure it out. So, uh, Tom and Alana, thanks for your patience, and Gene, thanks for doing that. Anyway, a couple of things here. Let me get out of the way, and we'll get our, our, our very special guest on. Uh, Tom, you were able to, you can hear us. Hey, let me go back. You can hear us on HamiltonRadio.net every Saturday night, 9 p.m. UK time, and Saturday night, 9 p.m. Uh, New York time. You can also hear us on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Sonos, YouTube, SoundCloud, Amazon Alexa. And now we ha- we're having difficulties with iTunes because we were supposed to be on iTunes a few weeks ago. And, Tom, you were able to fix that situation, correct?
0: With some help from you as well, Jim. I think, oh, I know, did something? We, we, we I just, worked together. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I just gave you the stuff and you were able to figure it out. And you got it on there. So how do they find us on iTunes, Tom?
0: Um, all you do is you just type in Primal Radio and you'll, you'll find the show, and then you click subscribe. If, if, if you enjoy it, which I hope you will, um, click, hit like and give us a nice review and all that kind of thing. But right. we want to get as many subscribers as we can on that. Right. A few people have said to me that they, uh, Android users, that they use other apps like Stitcher, which I'd never heard of. Yeah, never heard But of I'll that. try and get the show onto there as well. So, you know, make it as widely available yeah. as
1: possible. I don't have an, uh, an Apple uh, anything. Um, so I have a droid, so I had to go on and I logged into iTunes and it was quite a process. I got to tell you, I could break into someone's bank account easier than starting an Apple account on I think It was a huge, <laughs> huge pain in my ass. I almost threw the phone across the room, but I, I, I decided not to, but I, I got to remember we were talking the other day and that's that I was trying to work on that. It seemed to take me forever. But anyway, um, I did get, I, I was able to get on it and, and make it happen. A couple things I need to promote. Uh, March 17th and 18th, we have the Primal European Camp at Dieter Casey's in Nineveh, Belgium. Uh, it's two days, a lot of good stuff we're going to be covering. If you want to find out more information about that camp, contact Dieter Casey at uh, realityfighting.be or you can reach out to me at primalgymnj.com. Our next event from Primal Promotions will be April 28th. It will be Primal MMA Fight Night 1. Uh, if you are a fighter looking to fight, knowing someone who wants to fight, if you want to attend the event, you can get all that information at primalfightpromotions.com, or you can reach out and give us a call at 844-77-FIGHT. That's 844-77-FIGHT. And uh, give us all the information. We're currently matching, and that's coming along, and hopefully the entire card to be fleshed out by the end of the month. Woo, that was a lot of stuff. I wanted to get that out of the way because we have – uh, a very special guest, uh, a guy uh, that I was very fortunate enough to meet many, many, many moons ago, and I've known about him and his existence, and and uh, was a big fan since I would say you know the mid eighties, early eighties. Tim, did you? Uh, excuse me, um, Tom, did you have a, a big intro you wanted to do that you prepared?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. All right. I, well, I don't want to. I don't want to so... steal your thunder. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of you kind of gave it away a little bit by saying him instead of Tom. But did um, I? God damn so, it!
1: All right, you want to do this whole thing over?
0: <laughs> this, yeah, this week's guest. Um, I, yeah. I've trained a good few hundred hours. Um, with this this week's guest, it, I've travelled all over the world to see him. Uh, uh, Sweden, Italy, Belgium, the US on many occasions, and of course he's visited the UK. Um, our, our guest started his martial arts journey in Taiwan uh, when he was stationed there. With the U.S. Air Force, but he's best known for Jeet Kune Do. Um, Dan Inosanto uh, referred to him in one of his books as the most knowledgeable JKD instructor around. I might slightly have misquoted that, so I'm sure he put me right. But um, welcome to the show, Seafood Tim Tackett. Well, thank you. Glad to be here.
1: <laughs> Tim, how are you, sir?
0: How's glad the weather? to be anywhere.
3: <laughs> at
1: my age. Glad to be at your age. I'm <laughs> glad to be above ground. I'm going to tell. Yeah. <laughs> And and uh, so Tim. So I, knew, I've, I I've known. I have done this on Skype
3: because it's better to be seen and not viewed. Right.
1: <laughs> so I, I I've I, known about Tim since you know the, I guess the early eighties. I guess the original books came out. The JKD kickboxing and the JKD textbook. When did they come out, uh, Tim? Do you remember what year?
3: God, in the in the early eighties, late seventies, something like that. My Is first ta- books were. Shingy books. They were done right. in about nineteen seventy four,
1: right? Which and are, then
3: I guess the other ones were were, uh, you know, in the in the late early eighties, I guess, right. probably yeah, early eighties, somewhere in the eighties.
1: They're great, and I think, by the way, I think that some of the best books on JKD. They were I had I still have the original copies I bought from when they used to have bookstores at the mall, and, and I purchased them, and they are all highlighted and there's notes in them, and they've what, so whatever thirty five years old those books are, and. um... And I, and I would, uh, you know, go through those. And pretty much that was my lesson plan. You know, I, I, I attempted to do JKD at different places. And then pretty much went to the park and read the book and said, uh, let's do this. <laughs> and uh, and we worked the hell out of it. But anyway, that's, that was my fir- when I first got to know you. But I was fortunate enough a couple of years later, um, um, more than a couple years later, uh, that uh, a mutual friend of ours, Dean Goldaddy in, in um, Austin, Texas, what Dean did is, uh, this is before Facebook and all this other stuff, Instagram, it was when we used to just use martial art forums and, and talk uh, very nerdy kind of thing. But uh, he had said, well, maybe we'll get Tackett McCann together. And you responded to my surprise. You just came right on and said, well, it would be an honor to train with a master like Jim McCann. I said, what is that guy smoking? You know, <laughs> but but it's <laughs> but, but it's a true story. And Tim was very great. So then, and then anyway, that was our first meeting Then we, we got to, I, I met Tim in Austin, Texas at Dean's place and, and I've been training with him ever good since. Good old days. The, the good old days. The good old days. So, but that, that was my first yeah. inter- introduction to And it, funny, well, I'm going to say this story. I don't know if you remember this, Tim or not. I don't want to steal all, all the thunder, but we were, we were teaching the seminar and then we go out to dinner and we go to, um, a place called tilt, a kilt, uh, have you tilted been, kilt, tilted kilt, Oh, that's it. Tilted kilt, not tilted kilt, whatever. I don't. It was like it's like a Scottish hooters. I think is the best way to describe.
3: Yeah, it's a Scottish hooters. A Scottish
1: hooters. So the girls are scantily clad and their boobs are sticking out. Not that I I'm
3: Scotch Irish, you decided to take me there. So
1: that was cool. <laughs> that was right. <laughs> you know, it was. It wasn't like top of the line cuisine, and uh, so we go in there, and then we're all ordering, And You have a couple of beers, and we never. And then um, I order um, shepherd's pie. <laughs>
3: And then it looked kind of disgusting.
1: It, uh, well, you know, yeah. And, it, you know, really, real shepherd's pie is kind of disgusting. But no, they made, supposedly it's an Irish delicacy, if you can imagine. And um, so I'm sitting there and, and, and Tackett looks over at me and goes, McCann, what'd you order? And I said, shepherd's pie. And he goes, anybody eat shepherd pie, probably suck a dick. <laughs> and then i go oh, he won that argument how do i come back from that one you know one line i, was, I it was, think
3: you weren't the only one eating it actually, no 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 it but I it was read. a funny line it was
1: everybody's cracking up and it was it was a one punch knockout you know but oh god it was funny but oh, go, speaking of books is that uh alana who's been training with me for a year and a half or so uh we've delved a lot more into jkd and i told her to go buy the books and well, you discovered the the one book is now. What's the cost of the new the book now? The newer versions, right? They're out of. Yeah. Yes.
2: Um. Just a second. Let me get the proper one up. You. You continue. The kickboxing find...
1: and, the, and the JKD. I told her to buy. I no, told her to so buy specific. the uh, textbook and the kickboxing book, and they. Um, uh, I think guess the new ones again are out of print. Did you know that, Tim?
3: Yeah. Yeah. They they stopped uh, they stopped printing them. I can't even get any copies anymore. You of the of I can't textbook.
2: But uh-huh. it's very dear, like like two hundred fifty, you know, upwards is that of that what they are? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I only yeah. We have a few
3: of those. Yeah. The kickboxing books still available, I think. Mm-hmm. They still have some at the company, but the textbooks out, you know.
1: Oh, is that right? So that, that
3: that's was, weird. Right, right. Yeah.
2: Well, it was just the one that I. It, it, go
3: ahead. Yeah, the company yeah. sold or did something. They just weren't interested, Brockett or Beckett or whatever the hell they were. They're just not interested anymore in doing any, much of anything. I guess the book industry's kind of kind of down. I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. no
1: doubt, no doubt.
3: I am doing my final book, though. What's that? It's called The Essence of G. Uh I've got the book pretty much finished. I just have to get Jose Fragas to do the darn photos. Mm. Um, where it, what it is, is a, a distillation of everything that I've been, everything I learned, wow. and then what I think the essence of that is.
4: Oh, that's so. I great. got
3: the book, and then everybody else can choose their essence. But I, I define what I consider is my essence uh, what I think is the most important things to work on. So it's not like you I go through every, a lot of different stuff. And then I show why bunch of that stuff doesn't work against JKD or against a good grappler, Sure, but you kind of need to learn it. But uh, for a historical purposes, you kind of need to throw it away. Like, I can go into detail, like, you know, progressive indirect attack, how cool it is. If, if, for example, you're going to fight in the ring and you look at the, uh, you look at film and you go watch the guy fight and you go, oh, yeah, when I do this, he's going to run or he's going to block or anything else. So I can do a progressive indirect attack because I know he's going to do this and I know he's going to do that. And in the street, that's not worth a shit because you have no idea what the guy's going to do. Right. You try to throw a, a fake, a back fist and you're on the ground. <laughs> or if you do a JKD yeah. guy, if, if you can throw, throw any kind of a fake on him and, you, and, you, and he, he doesn't react to anything other than hitting you or, or doing a stop kick, he's not doing that art. I mean, I've talked, to, I've talked to some guys who are real famous JKD instructors years ago, and I'd say, Well, you know, uh, progressive interact attacks are great, but it shouldn't work against Jeet Kune Do. He said, Well, my students make it work all the time. And I said, Well, <laughs> they're not doing Jeet Kune Do.
4: Yeah.
3: Okay, exactly. it's about that. So it's that kind of a a book where I just state kind of like the truth about stuff uh, that I consider. It's my truth, not necessarily anybody else's. But right. If you know JKD, a guy shouldn't be faking you and faking you or dancing all over the place, you know.
1: Right, right. Now, when you when you. Uh, you were born and raised in what? Redlands, California.
3: Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, I was born in Burbank, California, oh, Burbank. but I was from fourth four, about four years old. I was then in Redlands. Yeah. I got you. It's really uh, kind of grim here today. It's going to be eighty, but in the garage <laughs> tonight it's going to be forty-six. So it's well, a typical warm day
1: and oh, it's so, freezing
3: night. You know, it's, a, it's so crazy. Degrees. I have Are been you shitting me. Right. God damn! I, to wear my wear uh, my park out there.
1: <laughs> I have been fortunate, and Tim will post the weather out there. Every so often, 70, no you Beautiful. Just to, you know, be beautiful. To, to piss everybody, everybody know, off. You're
0: suffering here, too. Don't right. be the only one suffering. suffering you know?
1: I have been that's honored. Well,
0: I think you're an English man in disguise, Tim, because you are uh, always <clears> the weather. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, I just, it's just uh, we're blessed with really, really good weather. No doubt. I also live
3: uh, about two miles... East of the Cajon Pass. The Cajon Pass is where that wind comes screaming out from uh, from the Santa and winds, those real dry winds, and cause the fires and shit. Well, they had 50-mile-an-hour winds going through wow. Ontario 20, 20 miles away. We didn't get any wind at all. It kind of goes mm. west, and we live a little bit east of it. So pretty perfect conditions. And if I get too hot, I go up to Big Bear and, you know, in an hour or so. You
1: know. Right. It's it 20 is. degrees
3: cooler, so it's pretty cool out here. It is. I've mm. been
1: fortunate enough to stay at your your house, and and it's beautiful. You look outside the mountains, and it's just, it's something else. And walk around that block, which is a, like kind of a giant little mountain you kind of live on, and uh, the weather's perfect all the time. It's it's unbelievable. And then we we've gone out to we, we went out to the high. We were out there, geez, maybe 2012, and we went to uh, we were shooting. The video was it the video for the black belt? It was
3: pictures. The, it was there were still photos from some guy that was our photo right. photographer. Rick the book. Yeah. We did that second volume we went up of, to, the, right. of the uh, of of I think we we're doing the the Chinatown book.
1: The Chinatown so book. I took
3: you guys out to Joshua Tree National Park, yeah. which I think is just a really cool place.
1: It know? was cool. And those pictures are great. It's so nice you know, and quiet out oh, there. It's, it's, and it's
3: uh, nice but it's cool, place. you know, it's nice. Yeah. It's up about four thousand feet. So it's it's it goes from four thousand feet to below to below uh to below the, the uh whatever that is. Uh so it you know, so it's it's minus elevation when you get down to the low desert, but it's about, you know, a half hour difference between yeah. the two places and it's kinda cool. Mm.
1: Now would you, would you And
3: we took photos, but you not know, to this day I don't know why the hell we took photos. It's a photographer, professional photographer. Right wanted to meet us we met him out there and his girlfriend we went out to joshua tree took all these photos he gave the photos to us and i don't know to this day i don't know why we did it you know, except the photos were cool right
1: well if you recall when we were we were in the studio of black belt magazine and we were yeah. filming uh stuff it, that wasn't that we we're actually filming stuff for the dvd and yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, correct. And they were so impressed um, uh, of what we were doing because I had conversations with the two gentlemen uh, about just our punching power and ability to move and that we seemed to be having an incredibly good time. Uh, uh, yeah, we always do. Right.
3: Serious. Shit, you
1: know? and, and they were so used to that real. Right. Some guys, really serious stuff going on and hardcore guys. And we were just belly laughing and having a good time. And uh, I think they really appreciated that. Uh, and he had told stories about other nightmares of other people who had been there in the past that had. Oh yeah, it was horrible. Somebody yeah, tried. I'm not going to mention names of people <laughs> there. Like I can't believe this guy even does whatever. And then, then he just yeah, he was very nice. Volunteered his time. We met actually, I think at the is it the, 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 the oldest Harley dealership out there out in the mountains. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, were. out there in that
3: out there in that area, right? In Joshua Tree, so the town itself, of Joshua Tree. Right. It, it was something. Yeah. Else. Cool.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So, so after I want to go back. So you grew up in red. Did you, uh, did you meet your wife? Was she in, in from Redlands as well? how did you meet?
3: No, I, I joined the, uh, I joined the air force uh, after my one year of college, I joined oh. the air force cause I got a little bit of trouble back there in the, in the <laughs> late fifties. If you got a little bit of trouble with maybe you had to you leave know, we were kind of wild, kind of wild kids, you yeah. know, car clubs and all that stuff. I, the judge decided it might be a good idea if I joined the service. I joined the I, service. Didn't, I
1: never quite <laughs> got that. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that I got, bit
3: that right? story. Oh yeah, and I got stationed then in uh, in uh, Louisiana, a place called Homa, Louisiana, a yeah. small radar squad, and I was a recreation specialist, so I had a little two lane bowling alley, a library, a referee ball games. So it was a really rough job. Nah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I, on uh, the edge. There was a place called the College Inn in Thibodaux. A friend of mine took took me there, and it was a place where all the the college kids went. There was live music and dancing and stuff, and uh, you, they served alcohol. And I was 18, and that was cool because you could do that in Louisiana. Then, actually, you probably do that at any age at that time.
4: Right. But you know,
3: they uh, and I met my wife there. She was uh, just started teaching uh, uh, first grade. Wow. So uh, and that, that's it. And uh, you know, that was it. We got married and right. went to Taiwan. And then uh, she was working days at, in an American school there, and I was working swing shifts at the service club up on a. National Security Agency base where we were listening to Chinese broadcasts and it was all secret, secret. Wow! Broadcast. And then when I went to uh, I went to in the and at the at the base was a <clears throat> was a gym and the guy who was helping to run the gym was a Chinese guy named Chun Mei Shou and he was a uh, karate and uh, judo teacher. Uh-huh. He was a uh, you know the uh, Taiwanese uh, were actually under Japan for for fifty some years uh-huh. and then after World War II. Uh, it went, reverted back to China. And then it, the overseas Chinese came after the fall of fall of China. So it was all this martial arts all over the place. Then I started talking to him, and he invited me to come to his gym. So I started taking it with him. Then I started taking it with a couple other guys, learned Tai Chi, learned all kinds of stuff. Most of it, 90% of it, I've thrown away. I kept the Tai Chi as I taught it to my drama students. But that mm-hmm. was it. I, I did that like seven hours a day, maybe.
1: Wow. For
3: two, almost three years. Uh, you know, like six days a week you know and that was what i did and then i at the base you know when i was working at the base there sometimes i just uh sneak out and go to the gym and work out with him you know a little bit
1: so you it loved cool. it that much you just I had a good time had yeah. a lot of
3: guys there i mean it was like a small yeah. small gym in downtown taipei there'd only be only four or five people training at uh-huh. a time and it was ten dollars a month and it was pretty Ooh, cool and, uh, <laughs> but then when i got back to uh the states i went to visit uh Some schools around. There wasn't that many martial arts schools. This was about the end of 1964. So I went to Ed Parker's school and met Dan and Yasano. And Parker had me show all the stuff I'd learned. And then I went out with Dan and Yasano and uh, uh, Jim Golden. We went out. They took me out to, uh, Steve Golden had me take me out to dinner. And uh, I talked. I I knew Yasano then. I saw him all the time at tournaments. I had guys fighting in tournaments and he was always running Parker's stuff. I saw Bruce Lee and 67, but I was going to college, didn't have time to do it, I was interested, and then uh, when I uh, graduated, when I got out of, uh, actually, right after about 1971, I, my friend uh, Bob Chapin, he, he said, my first student, Marshall artsy we were just tired, we're going to go to a Tai Chi school, so we go to a Tai Chi school, and we want to learn some new stuff in L.A., and the teacher wanted to know what I knew, and so I knew some Tai Chi, I showed it to him. And so he said, oh, yeah, I'll take you as a student. And we walked out. Uh, Bob Chapman and I walked out. And this uh, Chinese guy follows me out out the door. He goes, hey, uh, let me talk to you. You're not going to learn anything from this guy because you already know some Tai Chi, so you're a threat. He said, do you know, have you heard of Bruce Lee? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's just in Hong Kong now making movies. But in Yusano's, right, do you know Dan in Yasano, And I said, yeah, I know him real well. So, well, here's his home phone number, his private number. Give him a call. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you come to the classes, you know, on uh Tuesday uh, and Wednesday, and Thursday night. So I said, sure, that sounds good. So I called Dan and he goes, oh, yeah, I remember you, but it's not that big a deal, you know, come on down and bring some gloves and blah, blah, blah. So Bob Chapman and I went down. And that that first moment there, it was like, you know, like, you know, wow, you know, this stuff is not what I, you know, because I saw Bruce Lee was just doing this stuff. And then you know, I saw a lot of guys in Taiwan doing, you know, amazing things. But it wasn't until I actually started doing it, I said, wow, this kind of blows away about all everything I've done. So I had opened my mind to uh, looking at things realistically. Mm-hmm. And that's the name of that tune. And then uh, it, when, I had a chance to meet people because there wasn't no big deal, like I was so great or anything. But uh, when they started doing these, these summer camps, hard to believe. But in those days, everybody had jobs. Nobody was doing this for a living. I yeah. was, a, was a middle school teacher. Um, uh, I think uh, uh, Richard Basilda was working for Continental Airlines. Everybody had a job. Nobody was doing martial arts for any kind of a living. So when the summer camps started, uh, Inusana did the first year at Aspen, Colorado. Mm-hmm. The second year, he started making this movie Sharky's Machine.
4: Oh, yeah, and sure. And he couldn't
3: do it. And so you look around, who the hell can teach in this, something in the summer and take a whole, you know, six weeks off or five weeks off, whatever it is. I think it was a whole month. And I, I was the only one. So they didn't go, go teach for me. So I went and taught it. Met some people there, and the guy, one of the guys there was Jay DeMott who started the California Arts Academy, and all this summer camp things started, yeah. and people started coming from all over Europe, and then I started getting requests to go do seminars and stuff. And then uh, this year, I retired. This year, I did my right. last seminar yeah, I know Snake you did, Locker, and, Which we're uh, going to talk cool about. guy, actually. Yeah. Snake was really cool. Yeah, Snake's In good Oberon, guy. Kansas. Uh, he's an Apache
0: knife-biting teacher.
3: Right. I think Hawk knows him. We're going to have him again. on the
0: show and on, on uh, Valentine's Day. He's our guest for right. Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah. Tell him how he's a great, great guy.
3: I really, really enjoyed him and his students and everything. Uh, we had a great time. I had a good time out there. I mean, the place is a little grim, but I had a great time. Yeah, it's Oh, right. You know, and, I, you know it, it was like, you know, I'm growing up in the near the mountains. And any time I'm anywhere like in Texas or... Like anywhere where there's flat lands and there's no mountains, I have no idea where the hell I am.
4: Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I,
3: <That's laughs> right. I orientate myself by the mountains. Ma- right. Uh, I, so I, I get, it's really confusing. where are in these flat lands. I can't. I'm basically kind of uh, agoraphobic or something in flat lands.
4: Wait, wait,
3: mountains?
2: Mountains. <laughs> so you have the San Bernardino Mountains and the Santa Ana's. So do you do you do any hiking around there? Because it's like you know a mecca for that. I'm from Southern California, I've hiked, myself. but
3: my hiking days are—you are, <laughs> know—I I don't hike much anymore. You know. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Tim, i mostly, mostly just relax. mostly just right. Yeah, <laughs> That's the hot tub out back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know that, right? That's smarter. So, yeah, because I've called and, and, and Mrs. Tackett. Oh, Tim's in the hot tub. <laughs> He's always in the hot tub. What the hell is he doing in that hot tub? What's going on in that hot tub? <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. You know?
3: Yeah, I can kind of relax with me, I've yeah. got a good massage. I got a really good over the massage. I usually do some in my little lap pool. Right. When I'm in there. You know. Yeah, it's heated. It's year round. You know, you guys are freezing your ass off. I mean, we are. Cool. It's ridiculously <laughs> <You know>? cold <laughs> so it's, here. It's again. a rough life, but so, somebody's
1: got so it. So, Tim, you know? when you first were teaching at the summer camp, did you know you could eat, well, you know that you could have taught the JKD or what Inasana wanted you to teach. It just come relatively natural for you. Or did you were you a little nervous about it and and, and doing? No, that? it
3: was easy. I, I always found JKD very easy. Well, I was, uh, I, I, you know, I, I was in the Y Circus for. Like Bremer was a trampoline guy. I, I did trampoline. I taught trampoline. Mm-hmm. I did uh, some trapeze it until I fell off it, and that was about the end. But we had a really <laughs> good circus. You time. were doing trampoline, high circus, and one right. from Ringling Clown from Ringling Brothers. They got together. We have a we have a circus every year in in, uh, in Redlands, the YMCA, and it's big time. I mean, really good, good acts. You know, I did teeter board and all that stuff, and so I I could you know move around pretty well. I knew right. where my body was in space. And Bremer was a trampoline guy. I did I did Y circus from the time I was in maybe six years old until 18 when I graduated from uh, uh-huh. from high school. So it was I always found it very simple, very easy. I never mm-hmm. found it difficult to do,
4: yeah.
3: uh, you know. But I, you know how you get people—they don't know where they where to move. They don't realize where their body is. Mm-hmm. I never had that problem, so it it was really simple for me. And I can understand that why it's not easy for other people. But when I find people that people, it's easy for. For them, they they did dance, or they did this, or they did certain kinds of soccer, or they did stuff where they they knew how to move. They were athletes.
4: Right. Mm. Uh, I'm
3: not saying I was an athlete, but at least I I knew where the hell my body was in space. Mm-hmm. So it was simple for me.
1: Yeah, and you were, and you were, one of the things because I had, we've talked before and we've shared this story uh, with people in the past, so that I had I I did JKD at various levels with different individuals, um, and then the. When we were training, I guess it was an awesome because it was the first time, and you were showing stuff. Your ability to communicate at, at, to another individual how to do something was extraordinary. I never saw that before. Your ability to break down and break into those minute details, which are so very important, which are often just people just bypass. It's those minute little things that make a huge difference in what we're doing. But then, it, so when you were doing that stuff, and I'm watching this stuff, and you know, I had even though I had the books and been to s- seminars and trained with other individuals. And if you recall, then I look I, I came up to, to Tim and I said, "Oh, so that's JKD, because I didn't know what it was." And it was in that moment yeah, in time. Yeah, I re- it's,
3: it's being right. able to really understand that. Wow. Yeah. The, you know the nuances of it, how how it works. It's not just it's not just doing it. It's knowing, understanding exactly how it works. But I was a school teacher. i was a professional teacher. I taught right. for. Thirty years, I taught drama, I taught English, I taught history, but I was mainly a drama teacher mm-hmm. and you you know you had to be able to break things down and explain it. How do you break apart down? How do you start at, look at a at a script and break it down? what do you start? How do you start with what do you look at? what is your objective? What are you wanting to do? How do you go about doing? it? what verb are you using so that was that's why teaching was just ingrained in me. I also taught. Uh, to uh, kids that were having problems, as I taught trampoline to kids, you know, oh. at the YMCA. Sometimes mm-hmm. they were kids that were crippled and stuff just to get exercised. So I was always a teacher. I was always a teacher. I think that helped a lot. You I, know. Think, uh, I think so. Well, you know,
2: I was Bremmer, wondering.
3: Bremer never wanted to be a teacher. He could explain things to two or three people, but to get in front of a group of people, he hated getting in front of people. Uh, he just couldn't stand it. it was his best teaching was to go whisper in your ear, you know, right. this sucks or whatever.
1: <laughs> <you know. laughs> what were you going to say? Man?
2: Well, I was wondering, I mean, just as somebody who was a former teacher um, doesn't mean you can teach just because one teaches but obviously no, you're know, master- a master oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and pedagogy Some seminars the teachers were pedagogy seminars don't help them um so i was just wondering how does your um how or how did your academic work um kind of enrich or nuance your approach to an experience of jkd and vice versa
3: well it was kind of like uh, it was kind of like i think that my learning how to uh, teach people how to act and teach people how to move and do stuff, it just it all kind of fit together. It was just, it's just, I don't know, I just, just kind of, you know what it is, you just do it. I didn't really, I didn't really think about it. I just, mm. you just do kind it. Relatively you know, it's kind of weird. It's not like, oh, you know, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? You just, you just do it, you know, and it mm-hmm. just came natural to me.
1: Right, another no, thing. You
3: know, so it, and it's interesting. You know,
1: right? And you were a foot, and you coach football for many years. So you still coach? Yeah, you yeah. Tar- I
3: just I help coach. Uh, well, I, I worked with a couple professional teams. Uh, right. I had a chance because Bob Ward was, uh, Doctor Bob Ward was the conditioning coach for the Cowboys. He was yeah. my, he was he's actually one of the last guys that signed up for the backyard class
4: before. Oh no kidding!
3: I think Bruce might have just passed away. I don't know, but Bob Ward was there. And he was in the in the one class. You know, there was one class, and then they had a second class. He just started the second class. and That's where uh, Chris Kent showed up. I think three weeks before Bruce died, and uh, Jeff Amada, and and, uh, some of those people in that second group. And uh, Bob Ward uh, was then. He was at that time. He was uh, working as as a as a coach, uh, conditioning coach at uh, Fullerton uh, uh, State College, Cal State Fullerton. And then he got the job with the uh, Cowboys. And they were working out in Thousand Oaks, which is about 90 miles from my house. It's uh, in the Simi Valley area. So I would go out there and and hang out with him. And all of a sudden he had me start showing uh, some of the defensive line stuff. And I met the the, the defensive line coach, and he was all for it. So I would go every summer for a couple times, you know, and just work with these guys. And then um, they wanted me to go to – They they actually got Larry Hart. The only time I went to Dallas, Larry Hartsville and and Chai Suratute and I, we Mm -hmm. flew out there, and we did a little mini camp out there. Everybody's doing stuff, and I didn't even film anything. So I've got still photos, but that's about it. But then uh, Randy White went to the Pro Bowl game in Hawaii, and every the coach, San Francisco Forty Niners, were the coaches there. The coaches, and so they asked Randy White to everybody to show their best favorite pass rushing moves so I, uh, they, he did and they said, where'd you learn that? He said, well, from me and, uh, and they gave me my number and they called me. That's great. And uh, they wanted me to go to San Francisco, I started working with them and they, that's where those videos come from. There was one in like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, 84 and 89 or whatever it was. Yeah. And a- after the one of them in 89, you know, I saw the super bowl when the Dallas Cowboys won. And, uh, I think it was that pass where Joe Montana hit, uh, hit the dude and you know, it was really cool. Right. And, uh, the coach said, "Well, you know, we should have given you a ring." I said, "Yeah, I got two sacks in the Super Bowl. Out of the four sacks, I got two of them were my thing." I he, he said, "Yeah, I should have, but I never got it. So That's anyway, I felt like I helped them win the Super Bowl that year."
1: Yeah, there you go. Now, are it's you kind of cool? Are yeah. you a football fan at all? Yeah, I know you're are coaching, you? but are you a fo- are you a, a football fan, pro football fan, or no?
3: Uh, not anymore. No, <laughs> because uh, once you work with them, then you go. Yeah, you kind of don't, right? It. So, so you're just about as they're just about as screwed up as the high school kids and what the mistakes and shit they make. Right, you know, no, no. It's right. It's no frustrating doubt. sometimes. So
1: who's? Th- but so- yeah,
3: I, I I kind of watch the Rams and the Chargers mm-hmm. now that they're out here in in L.A. and I I watch them a little more of a, football, a college football fan. I just last year was my last year coaching. I, I stopped coaching. I was helping Redlands High School. Mm-hmm. I I had actually won the CIF CIF championship in 1990 when I was helping to coach the Edewanda oh, High wow. School. We were best school in Southern California. I was pretty good. I enjoyed that, and then I just, after a while, you know, you just go, kind of get burned out on it. Right.
1: So. so, do you care who wins the Super Bowl this year? Pardon? Do you care who wins the Super Bowl this year? The Eagles or the Patriots? No, I don't give
3: a shit. <laughs> uh, usually, what it is, I'm always for the one who, I'm always for the one who is is not favored. If yeah. I don't have any skin in the it, game, if it's not one of my Run you know, local teams. teams, then I'll vote for the one who's. So I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I'll up. vote for the. The, whoever the hell's in there, the, not, not the Patriots, but the Eagles. other one, because they're, they're not supposed to win. So that's what I always vote for.
4: Yeah,
1: I, I, you know, I, Tom, for. Do, Tom, do you care?
0: Uh, not so much on the Super Bowl. I, I kind of follow the Jets because I have a friend oh, in that's and they're painful. always terrible. Yeah. So. Well, we wait, wait,
2: wait, <laughs> wait. There, yeah. There's something really important about the Super Bowl, aside oh. from the commercials, whatever. Yeah, Nachos. Nacho. It's a time for nachos and wings. And wings. And wings. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so, I mean, really, screw the teams. And, right. You know, I mean, well, yeah, there's an no, no no important
1: about that. About the Super Bowl. I don't care about that. I mean, the, Where we live, just aside. No, of, I care deeply. I know. You I know need to know. Nachos. But where we live... <laughs> where, where I are live you from? And, from? Alana is Where's from... Where is she from? And,
2: I'm originally from Long Beach, California.
3: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we have pro teams now in Southern California.
4: <laughs> yes, right. And
3: now We had the Chargers for a while. I always kind of liked the San Diego Chargers. Well, I like San Diego... Uh, I don't th- you know if you got to have perfect weather, I think San Diego's pretty good. Yeah, remember yeah. When we had that uh, seminar out in San Diego, mm-hmm. uh, uh, was it in La Jolla? Tom, yeah, and uh, the weather was yeah. so crappy for, uh, for me. It was humid and terrible, yeah, the and worst worst, worst weather ever in San Diego. And, but everybody from England was just
0: loving it. Oh, <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, it them, was, right? that was shitty, shitty weather. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, it's so
2: funny, you know, people in the east coast, um. They 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 either gravitate towards San Francisco or um, San Diego, and so you know. And when they ask me about, oh, where should I go? I say, you know, well, probably not LA. Yeah, I'm from LA, and you know, I, I love the South Bay and I love the mountains. And all, but but I think you'd probably do better at one of those well, other Francisco, places. Right. So have you noticed that there's a there's a gravitational pull towards one or the other? I uh, mean, yeah, <laughs> right. from from people who yeah. aren't originally from uh,
3: California. Yeah, I don't know. You know. Uh I don't I don't know too many people who are originally from California who aren't living in California yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. But you yeah, yeah. know, <laughs> except for the taxes and shit. Out wow, here. it's but crazy I've got out there. Under, who knows? 13 right. so it's all paid for. But you know, if you bought
0: a no house out here, I mean, but well, I guess New Jersey is even worse. So, it
1: you know, is. I I live it. I got for. a life sentence
0: here. So, but... so, so one last thing on on the kind of the football thing. Now, I think when you were coaching the pro footballers, I think you might have said to me that um some of those guys maybe didn't have the understanding that you, you would have thought they might have around. Exactly. They shifting didn't have the, technical, the technical could skill do. on that. Yeah, they didn't, uh,
3: you know, they, did, they worked their footwork, but they didn't work their handwork that much, you know. But now, you can, now I see it all the time. You know, they're all doing some of that stuff I was, I was doing. Cause the films are out there. I see it all the time when they're practicing and people are showing stuff, even college. They're doing a lot of the stuff that uh, Yin and I were teaching. You know, mm. I see that all the time. So, it's, it's you know, that's, that's kind of good. They don't know where it comes from. They, someone's oh you yeah, that's Collie or that's JKD or something. But uh, it's interesting that they do that. I mean, uh, you don't get any credit for it, but that's right. cool. You know, that's the way it is.
0: Now, Tim, uh, uh, Tim
3: you know what, like, this 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 retirement has kind of been kind of cool. I quit retiring. I retired from doing seminars, but I still mess with the Wednesday night group, you know, and in my yeah. garage and stuff. I always do that. Uh, but I give, I gave, uh, you know, their, their – uh, very much, uh, Dennis and Jeremy are free. To, you know, you guys are doing camps and some stuff. So that's fine. But the advantage of being kind of retired is that uh, since I don't do seminars and I don't really give out certificates, I very seldom hear from anybody anymore.
1: Ah, it's the only one. For, right. Well, that, <laughs> We're going to touch on that. For, Let me except da-
3: for the occasional seafood from India who wants to meet me. Oh, a believe certificate. me. For, you know, $4,000 or something, I just hand, I just right. you know, put that in the junk folder. But I, that's yeah. true. You know, you're just kind of more peaceful. It's much more people. Nobody's bugging you. People aren't bitching about what this guy did or what this fucking guy's doing or that right. guy's doing. You know, and it's like, God damn, leave me alone with the politics. So I like know. it. A lot of, and one of the reasons I did uh, quit doing seminars, uh, not necessarily the travel, it was the fact that the way I, the way I look at it now after I've done this, breaking down what I consider JKD, is I would just do... A two-day seminar of doing six things, you know, but nobody wants that. I, I just couldn't. I can't stand teaching anything, and I go, you know, this isn't really going to work against somebody who knows what I know. It's mm-hmm. not going to work. So you know, it just kind of became frustrating. So right. I let Jeremy do all that stuff in the garage. You know, I once taught a seminar in uh, somewhere. I won't tell you where it was, but it was under somebody else's uh, guy was training under somebody else. I spent the uh, that was like years ago. I spent the uh, The first day, uh, really concentrating on progressive indirect attack. We did this and that, and the guy does this, and you do that and all that stuff. Then they all showed up the second day, Sunday, and I said, okay, now, uh, how many of you were there yesterday? Yeah, 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 yeah. How was it? Uh, Oh, yeah, it was really great. I said, well, you know, it was bullshit. So said, I'm going to teach you j k d because and then we just concentrate on a little bit of that stuff. It got so frustrating. We do these uh, these camps these uh, camps where the Bruce Lee Education Foundation was doing. Right. and you guys ever do any of those i don't think Jim you ever yeah did
1: any of no those. i i, I was yeah things? i I, would, I was in Seattle with you for the
3: Oh, that's right. One of those. Okay. Two thousand and eight. Well, yeah. yeah. So you know, you know what it's like. Oh I, yeah. I would, I would. At the one where we had people coming every year, the same group. I, I would go. Okay, we're going to work on, on on the straight lead punch. Okay, and the hammer principle, and maybe the leg obstruction. So they'd work on it. I'd work with them. I'd work on. Remember, I'd go around and whisper in people's ears and stuff. We would do that, do it, do it. And then the next year, how many were here last year? They all raise their hand. And I go, okay. Let me see you do it. And I said, wait a minute. We're going to work on the, we're going to work on the on the straight lead punch, and the and the hammer principle. Next year, same thing. And I said, okay. Let me see it. Okay, how many guys were here? Okay, and they said, Sifu, Sifu. We know that. I said, you don't you 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 recognize it. Right. You know Big it difference because you can't do it. And that that was the attitude I had from people all over the place. That was just crazy, you know. Jim Sewell would be, would worked with with. Uh, at, at the Bruce Lee school, that second, second and third year, more than most of the people that you were famous had done. So he goes over to help somebody at one of those camps, and they go, oh, "I'm blah 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 student. You know, I don't need any help." So Jim mm-hmm. would say, "Okay," and he'd walk off. You know, it was it's insane. You know, everybody, everybody's their teacher's version of Jeet Kune Do is the right. real thing, and you know? only if you don't know his yeah, stuff, yeah. uh, you know, the real JKD. And uh, it's, it's all it's all BS like that. You know, uh, every one of those guys has something to offer. But nobody had the whole thing. Nobody has the whole the whole key to that thing. So you have to discover your own key and then try to, you know, show people. So it was kind of, it was kind of frustrating uh, trying to teach, and nobody got any better. You know what I mean?
4: Right. Uh, yeah. Same thing yeah.
3: times with football. It begin the same thing. They wouldn't they wouldn't drill. I said, okay, you guys, here's the drill. Now you do it every day. And uh, they just wouldn't do it, you know. So I just basically said, well, screw this shit. You know, I don't need it. I don't need any of that crap anymore. <laughs> you've had I mean, somebody called up and said, Joe, Joe's doing this shit or yeah, somebody's yeah, doing yeah. that. Uh, so it's much more peaceful, much more relaxing.
1: Much more. Well, I'm going to throw, my throw my something pool. completely <laughs> out to you. And I, I know you're retired. And I'll just, if you so choose to come out and you would like to come out. To no, you, I the know, new I know. Yeah, you, You've well, always
3: I'll been a cool guy on no. that kind of thing, Jim, cool. because you're your guys actually appreciated the fact that I could go out there and just do right. a few things and really work on those, on, those, on those things. Oh yeah! But you've also been around all these different places. You know, that's very rare. Yeah. That Most people, their, their training is not going to be where they're going to be working hours and hours and hours on one thing. But, then, but it's crazy. A lot of them also do Thai boxing, which is the same thing. They work on a few things over and over and over again. Yeah. For some time with JKD, they want to see the magic. They want to see the tricks. And that's that ain't where it's happened. Your guys always were not that way. That's why I, I always enjoyed going no, to you guys I, we appreciate because you could do that. that. You know, you could just focus on a few things because you guys were more into the into the actual fighting than the than the uh, whatever the hell the art is, you know, right. that is. So that <laughs> was that was, uh, that was was my idea. Of finish,
1: yeah, no, you know? I mean, some people it, get so
3: philosophically great. bound on that
1: crap. Right. You know, just
3: do it. Yeah. You know? Right. So I've we, got all of Bruce Lee's notes and you look through there in the last, yeah. you know, three weeks of his life or something. He was doing, you know, 500 finger jabs and, you know, a thousand kicks. He wasn't doing all this other stuff. He was mm-hmm. just really honing what he had so that he told Bremmer, you know, I'm getting sort of fact don'll need about two things and pretty much can take care of anything. That's funny. And okay, you know, that's kind of cool if you think about it. Right, yeah. Uh, but to get to that, to get to be able to do that, you know, you, you have to really work on stuff. And uh, I'm afraid people just uh, don't want to do it.
1: They don't. When they, I,
3: that's frustrating as a teacher. That's why I got tired of teaching this shit. Right. Because they want to move right, on just to nobody was so growing. Yeah.
1: Well, do you think it's just Even because... Even in the garage,
3: people don't practice that on their own. You know, they come in once a week and then heck of you guys aren't any better,
2: you know? Well, do you think it's because of the theatrical element? I mean, I was thinking about this in terms of Bruce Lee movies, and everyone says, well, I saw this movie, and then I was just really wanting to learn JKD. And, um, and for movies, obviously, the, the more you draw out the um, the artifice of it, the, the most spectacular moves you can, that's absolutely not what's relevant for JKD Really, in practice, not at right. all. Not exactly, at all. exactly. I mean, there's they're... movie
3: JKD, and there, you know what? Right, but do you think they're looking at Bruce Lee practicing in the backyard, some of that backyard stuff?
4: Yeah. yeah. And
3: he's doing these spinning heel kicks and stuff, and he, yeah. and you know, it's on that videos he was doing. But you know, right. look, all the cool stuff he was doing. He was looking at that to see how it looked in a movie.
2: Right, exactly. And he so wasn't do you... doing
3: it to see how you know he was trying to see how. How does it look from this angle? So if you look at all of that stuff was, was stuff that he was seeing how it worked, you know, because right. he knew he was gonna be doing movies.
2: Yeah. So I was and, wondering. Uh, you know, had to, yeah. I was just wondering if you think that maybe that's part of the challenge with um, teaching JKD is that a lot of the you know, people call things like self selecting and sometimes maybe the the selection of people that's kind of a the people that are attracted to it are often attracted to the glossy film version. Yeah. But then have yeah, a resistance yeah. to the reality of it. I, almost. Think, I don't know
3: if that's true so much anymore. No, I don't know how many no. people are grow, kids are growing up watching the movies that much. But I mm-hmm. think that that JKD now, you know, it's really weird. Have you, Jim, have you noticed yeah. how much uh, JKD you're seeing in MMA now? Yeah. It's crazy, you know? Absolutely. Which is kind of interesting. I know, I think they're getting it, you know, from, from I don't know where they're getting it, but it, 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 they're pretty good, getting
1: better at that it. You know, some Some of cool. version of it, yeah. Not perfected yet, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, I wanted Tim. I wanted to ask you a question about um, Bob Bremer. When now, Bob, what was uh-huh. his influence? Right now, you you started the. You knew Bob before the Wednesday Night Group was formed, correct?
3: He was yeah. He was the first guy I sparred back in seventy one. Oh, right? so what, what happened? You walked in school. and
1: you just fought Bob? <laughs>
3: huh?
1: You just walked in the gym and they made you fight Bob?
3: Bob and Dan Lee the first night, yeah. Just you know, so I was to bring your gloves, you know. So I brought sixteen ounce gloves. Everybody else had fourteen ounce gloves, ah, and ha, ha. it was interesting. Bob just Bob Bob was really kind of cool. He said he didn't. In, uh, Dan Lee could be a little bit mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, he he liked to kind of hit people. Bremer Bremer only hit people hard if they hit him. Which that's was told him anyway right. he just did a leg obstruction on me and and uh, and put his folded his arms and just grinned at me and I couldn't he got me where I couldn't move
4: that's funny and
3: that was my introduction to bremer
4: that's right and
3: then uh, you know he was a pretty cool guy uh, kind of a little bit crazy yeah. everybody knows bob knows he was a little bit a little crazy bit guy. you know mm-hmm. had a lot of that uh, 60s mentality you oh, know? Yeah. and uh, but he was a cool cool guy and so he lived out, he lived. So he was living out in San Gabriel, and I saw him every now and then, and you know, we trained on on those classes. He was a funny, funny guy. Uh, the last, uh, this is how his mind worked, to give you a little insight into, into Bremer. We, uh, he never wanted to do anything that wasn't practical for him, you know? and So he he, he would just kind of fart around with some of us, but he was really working on what worked for him. So we would go for two hours, and then Inyasana started doing, uh, started doing uh, last. Uh, actually, we teach. We would work for two hours, and then we would, uh, he would do a, a half hour of what he called a scream-up. So Bremer and I, well, everybody's doing it. Bremer's doing it, and we go through this one to twelve in the Serrata system. Yeah. And there's one where you you have your stick and you have your sword. and You're kind of coming down on the top of the of the guy's shoulders, kind of a thing. And Bremer said, "What's that for?" And he said, well, that's when you go through the Japanese or the uh, Spanish armor with your sword and your dagger. And his brother said, oh, OK, that was his last lesson. Ah. <laughs> he, would, he would work on. He would he'd go off and he would work on stuff. He'd go over there and over to, uh, uh, to Pete, Pete's house, Pete Jacob's house yeah. Pete was doing. So he'd work some of the collie stuff with him. But he wouldn't do anything. He didn't want to go through any kind of anything that he wasn't going to use because he said, people don't wear fucking Japanese armor. Nah. So that was, that was his kind of the way his attitude was about stuff. Which was a cool attitude, and uh, when uh, he came, started coming after he retired. Uh, he was just a crane operator, and yeah. then he started. Uh, he moved up to the high desert, which was about maybe thirty minutes from my house, thirty-five minutes. He started coming and watching the class, and Bert Poe would be there, and I'd mm. be there, and then he'd uh, uh, Dennis would be there, and Jeremy would be there, and we, I, I would show stuff that I had learned from Inusano, Lot and I'd be doing that, and I'd be doing this, and. And Berman just sit there, and he finally said, you know, I uh, I want to say something every now and then, but uh, you just keep going on. I said, well, just blurt it out. Stop me. You know, worry about it. <laughs> so he, he would stop me. He would go, uh, he'd go, are you shitting me? What are you doing that for? You know? <laughs> I'd say well, he'd say, well, it's not going to work against this. It's not going to work against that. And then he'd show me why it didn't work. And i go, oh, okay. It was like, you know, when you're learning something from somebody, uh, you know, that you respect and stuff,
4: mm-hmm. there's
3: a tendency not to go into depth and look at it and say, Now does this really work? Is this really what I wanna do? Is this really me? Does this fit me? Should I spend, you know, all this time trying to get something that doesn't fit me physically, doesn't fit me this and
4: that. Good point. And I was realizing
3: that Bruce taught different people when Remember would go to his house he'd work on different things then when Ted Wong was there in his sonos, they all had like these different JKD things a little bit, but it was all JKD, but, uh, it was suited for the individual.
4: Right.
3: And so as a teacher, I could kind of figure that out a little bit. If you're a little guy, we do a lot of, of, of if you have to have footwork and dance around, you know, you're, uh, then you need to do some of that kind of footwork. But if you're if you've got like Bremer, he would just crash the line. So I learned to teach uh, from Bremer and for these other guys, I just learned to take from everybody and then throw into what fit that particular person. Does that make any sense?
1: It, it certainly That's does. Right. I remember when you were uh, we were working on the straight lead, not the straight lead. Good lord, uh, the shinny kick or, or versions of that, and because I, I had hip issues when I was born, and so I had to modify, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, how I approached it because my hip didn't work that way. Going back when I started. <laughs> A lifetime ago in cry it was doing Korean martial arts. you wanted, they want you to chamber to kick and do it the way my hips didn't work that way. There was no way I was going to have that flexibility. I could kick you in the head, but I had to do it my way. So when I was working exactly. with you, right, and then you said, "Well, look, shit, it's it, it, it. What you do works fantastic, and it works for you. I could still teach the original version of how to do it, but my, my personal expression of that does not allow me to do that because how God made me so." <laughs> And you allow exactly. that freedom. That's, and you that, help. that's perfect. Right. That's perfect. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And, you had to, and how
3: I'll do you do that? I'll give you a typical example yeah. of, of where I'm from, coming from. Uh, last time I was in, in somewhere, I'm not going to tell you what the country it is, <laughs> uh, I was showing a leg obstruction. And somebody said, well, you know, our teacher, we do all this footwork and stuff. And there's no way, no way you're going to be able to do a leg obstruction on me. And I said, well, okay. Uh, that's what my teacher said. And I said, well, you're pretty good at this footwork stuff. Go ahead and do it. And I just stood there. And he said, well, you're not doing a leg obstruction. Well, because you're not attacking me.
4: And as soon as right. the guy
3: stepped in, I did a leg obstruction. So I said, well, why you, 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 can, you can dance all over the place, but eventually you're going to have to break the gap. Right. And that's all I care about. I don't care about that. I'm not going to be matching your movement. I just stood there, and these guys doing all this, like a little water bug moving all over the place. I that's really cool, good footwork, but so what, you know? You're going to yeah. have to come at me at some point. At some I'm not point, they have to bridge you. the
4: gap, right?
3: You know, so I actually, yeah, I couldn't attack the guy with a leg obstruction <sighs> because that's not what it's for. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But I'm, from a point, if I want to attack somebody from the fighting measure and he's standing there, I can do the leg obstruction. But he's dancing all over the place. I just wait for him to come in. But that, see, that mentality was this was this magical kind of footwork stuff that, you know, works all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does in certain situations. But, you know, come on. It's not the end all and be all. Oh, At some point,
0: you're going to have no. to bridge the gap or, you know. Right. What the hell?
2: Do you think uh, – Tim,
0: I, I, I wanted to briefly um, bring up something about uh, avoiding fighting. So, so you're the only martial arts seminar uh, host that I've ever, I've ever attended that has talked about how to avoid fighting. And there's a well, video – I got that. I know, but I got
3: that thing from – and I try to mention it all the time. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't get on the, on the video – I got that thing from from when Jim and I went with Nick, Nick Hughes in uh, in Austin again when we went back to Austin. He's the one who showed that stuff. It comes from verbal That's judo. Right. I guess it's in verbal judo books. Nick Hughes uh, Nick Hughes is the one who did that. It wasn't like my invention, but I thought it was so cool that I started teaching it. And I, I try to give him credit every time. And then Eric Paulson videos it. And I, you know, I explained it, that this is where it comes from, but it didn't show up in the video thing, so I, I have to put it down on the, you know, say I learned this from Nick Nick yeah. Hughes, right? Because it's got and, 10 uh, you million know, this, views so, now.
0: That video, which is quite impressive.
3: Well, yeah, it's got almost 10 million views. Because it, they, they had like. I don't know, thousands of people share it and stuff. Yeah. So it's really cool, but I want to have – Nick Hughes needs to get the credit for that. Right. I mean, I'm sure he may have got it from the Jiu-Jitsu Jiu- Jiu- books and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's not my thing, but I can kind of act it out pretty cool, you know, because I, I, I was an acting teacher, so I could do that thing. But it's not my thing, you know what I mean? I got it from him. Okay. But I think it's great, you know, and it's important. See, the important thing is it really strikes me when, uh, when I, I was sitting there uh, – talking to, uh, talking to uh, uh, oh, God, I can't think of anybody anymore. Anyway, I was talking to this guy, and he was talking about his uh, his friend that uh, was just in a, in a bar, and some guy started choosing him off. They went outside, and this guy, guy punched him, and he, he ducked the punch and punched the guy, and the guy fell down, and he hit his head on a planter. It was Jim Sewell, hit his head on a planter, he said this guy did. And Jim said his friend spent uh, six years in prison for uh, manslaughter. And so when you think about that you go, Okay, that's probably not a good idea to get out there and, you know, kick some guy in the head or actually fight at all because shit happens, you know. Right. So you wait for the guy to attack you. Uh, even though the guy attacked him, he died. So it didn't matter, you know, who who attacked him. You were still it was involuntary manslaughter. So that makes you think a little bit. You learn well, maybe it's better if I, if I'm in these situations to kind of avoid the to avoid the fighting if possible because and but you have to know how to do some stuff. I mean, Bert Poe taught some of the nastiest stuff I could ever think of. But they do that when your life's in danger, or your wife's being attacked, or your family or your kids are being attacked. But that's stuff you save for those situations, you know. Uh, so that's uh, – you know, some of Bert Poe's stuff, I don't know where he got a lot of that, but uh, <laughs> it's just so simple and so easy to do that. There's no way – if a woman really learns how to do his – his fingers to the eyes thing, which isn't a gouge. It's just you—you you, you just smash the eyeballs. Uh, that thing hits so hard. I don't. It'd be very hard to rape a woman who knew how to do that. It really would. You know what I mean, Jim?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That
3: thing hits so hard. You can be on your back, oh, and somebody's well, on top of you, and Absolutely. you just go one, two, three with those those heavy fingertip things into the eyeballs, and mm. it's it's devastating. Mm. Yeah, Bert said he never had any problem with that. And then also he he, he would. Taught us how to take out an eye really fast. He could do it just. He actually snatched a guy's eyeball. The guy shot him and you know, pulled a gun <laughs> on him and and uh, and he reached out and broke his arm and took the guy. He's in the back of a. they in the back of a car. He was some guys robbed a store and, and he just said, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" Because He was working security at that thrifty drugstores, and this guy pulled a gun and so Jim or uh, Bert broke his Bert. broke his arm and then snatched his eyeball out and threw it on the dashboard as the car took off. The guy in the front seat pulled a gun and then he bailed out and the guy shot him in the, in the chin there and he, and he broke his neck. And I get a cause pipe was, uh, was, I'm um, a high school uh, friend of mine. And, and she calls me and said, well, I trying to get Jim or Bert for taking this guy. eye out because it was maiming and that they need somebody to testify in court. And I said, I would, as a, as a you know, a witness, uh, you know, one of those guys that knows what he's talking about, no. martial arts thing, witness and stuff. And he says, uh, and I said, sure, and, but it never went to trial. But I, oh, so I know from a fact he took this guy's eye out because <laughs> that, was a, that was in the thing there.
4: Yeah. It's
3: really weird how people, I, that, one of my favorite times I ever had as a, as a martial arts teacher, I was teaching high school, and uh, a girl attacked another girl with scissors. And uh, so I stopped her and took the scissors away and stuff. And so all of a sudden there's this, this chick's lawyer, and they're meeting, we're meeting in the superintendent's office, and she's going, well, you uh you uh you you uh this girl you know she had this thing anyway you took the. have you had any training at all in self defense and taking away these these type of things did you were you trained I yeah, said yeah, cool. I've written six books on oh it's that, a great mod <laughs> Shut the whole thing up that's great. that was my favorite time actually yeah, as a matter of fact
2: well you know on the subject of uh, eye, eyeball snatching um actually i lie <laughs> it's, it's not related to that at all though um so, you well, know, you might
3: have to if you're somebody's, you know, at courtesy or somebody one of your children or something, you might want to take right. an eye out real easy. But you yeah,
2: know, go ahead. Yeah, it's biblical also. So, anyway, you know, you earlier you were talking about um, certain athletes and predisposition or dancers kind of having that kinesthetic body intelligence. Um, yeah. And so I was wondering, you know, um, do you find that there's also a psychological analog to that? For example, with Jim. I know that, as he was describing as well, um, there's, there's that thriving on the freedom that JKD really um, allows the students. And yeah. Do you think that? And then there are those that seem kind of paralyzed by it. You know,
4: like. Yeah, yeah,
3: that, that, that's interesting. There's a. If you go back to what Bruce was talking about, you Nissan know, was saying that Bruce broke things down. Really kind of cool. Bruce was a young dude when he died, too.
4: Right. He
3: said people were. Physically bound, intellectually bound, or emotionally bound—usually one of those boundaries, or mo- so more than one. You have to get through. Uh, physically bound is you're strong, so you 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 focus so much on your strength that you don't get the technique. You know, you know what I mean, Jim. Mm-hmm. Oh, the yeah. guys who are physically mm-hmm. bound,
2: mm-hmm. and you power through it. Absolutely, oh, every no, day. Interesting <laughs> Okay, and
3: the second time, second guy is intellectually bound. Well, I know this, but if you do this, I'm going to do that, and he does this, and that right. goes over. They they, they analyze this. Over too much oh. instead of just doing it. They're constantly looking at themselves, am right. I doing this right? Am I doing that right? Then emotionally bound. Can I, you know, if, if, uh, if I say somebody, okay, if somebody's on top of you and know, try to attack you, a woman, you're going to take, take his eye out. They go, ooh, ooh. Well, then you're emotionally bound because if, in the reality of, of actual combat, if somebody is really trying to take your life, uh, you have there's certain people who can just say, OK, screw it. I'm going for it. And there's right. certain people who can't. So they're they're emotionally bound because they can't get they can't they can't turn the wolf loose. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, they they're too hesitant. They, you know, you hesitate for a split second. The thing that fears me about police officers with all this nonsense is uh, is that I think a lot of them now are afraid to actually pull the trigger. Because there's so much crap and so much shit you go through,
4: yeah.
3: that uh, even in a good shooting, I mean, why would you want to do it? So you're going to avoid that thing, or you're going to get killed. Uh, if that makes any sense at all, because sure? the emotions uh, of fear and stuff take over of what's going to be happening to you. you yeah, know? I teach it. Uh, so that's that's a that's a hard situation. It though. is. So as a teacher, and what I when I sort of got gleaned from from Inyosano, uh, from what Bruce was teaching him, is that you look at your students and there and find out what, what, which one of those boundaries are going to have one of those boundaries. Which one is it? You know, and uh, and then you have to work through that. Uh, ones who are physically bound, you have to work with them on relaxation, doing the this and that. Uh, so that makes sense at all. That's I always use that as a teaching thing. I don't know, oh, know yeah. if I ever explained that before. Oh
1: yeah, uh, absolutely. you it to it, me. Yeah. I never
3: told you. I don't know if I ever told you guys that. That was one of the main things I learned.
1: Yeah. Now the old guard. Of J. Kitty, the guys, the original guys, the first generation guys. Now we're all getting older. I'm not one of them, but I'm right. Not yeah, but the my... ones that
3: are that ones that are still above there's, ground. The ones really that are still above lost ground. Three of now them last year. All,
1: now there's a few. Mm, four of them last year. Right. Four of them went yeah. last year. So there's only. Yeah, a...
3: well, we lost Jim Sewell. We right. lost well three. We lost uh, Pete Jacob, Jim Sewell, and Richard for sure. Last right.
1: Year. Right. So mm-hmm. there's only a handful of guys. Now, do you think? And I thought about this. I think the further way you get from the source itself. Uh, uh, the less likely it is that they'll be able to maintain the original brilliance that was there. Um, and, yeah, I, and I do believe you're,
3: you're, that. you're a disciple of one of those guys.
1: Right, and they all have say. their different uh, take so on...
3: That's where the art is, what those guys taught. Right. But that's only a part of JKD. And that's the thing I see all the time. You're fortunate enough that you work with enough people right. that your JKD is your JKD. Right. Okay. But for other people's, their JKD is, is Shit. people, blah, blah, JKD.
1: <laughs> Matter <laughs> of fact, when you <laughs> okay. were saying earlier, Tim, I don't know, uh, uh, but all these, and this goes to that question, is that I was perusing uh, something on Facebook earlier and I see like these. National Jeet Kune Do Championships, and there's a million fucking seafoods in JKD. Holy shit, um, more than I, I can ever imagine, and I would never even consider myself uh, that. And uh, there are and there are those who deserve it, and those who are just that. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, is it? So the question is: Is once the old guard has passed away, moved on to the next world? Do you think it will really survive at, at, at the level it once was? If
3: the Wednesday night groups keeps keeps doing it, uh, uh-huh. then it will it will survive in that at least within with that within that group. Right? Will it survive within other groups? It'll. The 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 few blah blahs JKD will survive. Uh, everybody will be doing that because it's 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 the scripture is structured, right? And you do that. But is that really the JKD? No. Is that is that what these teachings suit everybody? Can everybody do? You know. What I mean, uh, it'll survive, but that'll be that person's version of it.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, I want people to have not my version of it, but versions. I try to show what everybody taught, uh, even you stuff do. that I don't do anymore. But then, for my personal thing, I'm writing the essence of kendo is my essence, not what it what it what it is, but what I consider is is works for works for most people actually if you do it. Um, that's that's it. But you know, it's a seafood thing. Uh, you know, in 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 traditional arts, uh, like uh, when I was in Taiwan and stuff. You know, when I became a, a, a quote, a Sifu, uh, you know, my, you never introduce yourself. as. And there's no business card that says Sifu, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. uh, people call you Sifu. You never call yourself Sifu. There's people that I get Facebook requests from Sifus all over the time. There's one guy that for a long time I thought his first name was Sifu. <laughs>
1: <laughs> his wife... I'm gonna tell. So years ago, real quick, same exact same line. I was kickboxing for this guy, and and we were peers, uh, I guess the best way. And and I had, I'm speaking to him on the phone. It was a personal conversation, and you know, and out of respect, I go, you know, uh, and let's say his name was Bob. I go, and I, I didn't say. That. I said, "So, what do I refer to you as?" And he goes, "Master Bob." <laughs> and this is on a phone conversation. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm already checked. I swear there, to there was God. A
3: guy who I knew, uh, I saw before, whose last name was Bates, and he referred, uh, to, him, he referred to himself <laughs> as master. So figure that, that.
1: out. Right. Good going. He should have Master Bates. Of that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's first. So, so right. So the thing is, so if you were when, what do you think, day after day after your next book, what do you think? your legacy is Tim.
3: God, I don't know. I never thought about it. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: now's the time.
3: Know, uh, <laughs> good question.
1: Ooh, that was a brilliant one.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Had to kick back and relax. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I, that's up to other people. It, to, it, uh, it is. To, to decide what it is. Uh, I don't know. I don't try not to think about it because it's depressing to think, it's to, depressing. think about. It's depressing. Yeah, it. you're <laughs> funny. You know, that's, right? The well, coffin started. The lid on the coffin started to close. When you're what? a master, Bruce said, "When you're a master, that's what happens." Why would anybody put himself? What have you mastered? You know, what the hell has any of these guys ever mastered? Yeah. Uh, it, you know, there's. If you learn, if you learn forty-seven, if you've got to, to learn forty-seven blocks, and, and you're a master of something, uh, it doesn't mean anything. You know, it doesn't mean right. it mean diddly squat. So. It's not up to me to call myself a Sifu or, or master or any of that crap. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but
3: my that's for a legacy. Try not to think about it because it's kind of depressing. It'll be
1: what way. it'll be. You know, I think <laughs> okay. on a side note, what your legacy to me is is that you're, uh, you know, I'm just on uh, uh, an incredible practitioner of JKD, a man who really uh, walked to walk and talked to talk, was able to discern and communicate it and perpetuate the art. And I think there will be that legacy that will uh, be here past our time. I
3: hope so. I think there's enough guys who got it. I, 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 I hope know, so. And it, it's in a way, uh, in a way, it's Bob Bremer's legacy because he was the one who said, who taught me about the, the bullshit thing, you know, <clears throat>
4: yeah.
3: about the. And I, I, and I learned when I was actually, I learned when I was in in taking education course how to teach. There was Neil Postman who said the purpose of education is to have a built in bullshit detector. And i once Bremer started talking, I said, that's what Neil Postman was talking about.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: What is bullshit and what isn't bullshit And when you look at it that way, actually the legacy is in a way Bremer's you know uh, never wanted to teach, never wanted to do anything but just learn it and and do what he did best right. so uh, it, maybe it's the Bremer Tackett legacy because what he what he taught me, I could I had the ability to teach where he just didn't want to do it. Right,
1: you, know? I, you were uh, you know probably the uh, the better teacher of the two as far as being able to communicate out to others. Not to take anything away from Bob, but it's just you had the ability to really get that message out there. Uh, you know, my, but he was the
3: one who broke a lot of that thing down for me. Right, kind of, no, absolutely. You know, the, the snap absolutely. of the, the learned to hurt him with a snap. He had all Bruce Lee's little sayings and stuff, which I'm including in the book. I learned to hurt him with a flick. You know. I uh, yeah. have ha- sledgehammers in each hand, you know, just reach over and knock, knock them out, him out which know? is a great that, one. that thing he stressed was, you've got to have that, that wham and knock the guy's dick in the dirt. <laughs> My grandson, <laughs> uh, Caleb, has just had a little bit of a uh, little bit of JK yeah. well, he's, he's a He joined the Navy. He's a naval intelligence. Oh, wow. In did not know that. Training. Yeah. And he poor guy. He got a he got his first mission. Thing is going to his first assignment. He's going to be in Oahu, Hawaii. Oh, that's (laughs) tough. How's he going to survive there? (laughs) And uh, we've got a friend over there, Kai. That's uh, that's uh, one of uh, Richard's guys, but he's also one of our guys too. he has a guy to work with and stuff. But these guys wanted they they were over the gym, and all these guys want to spar. So they said, "Well, come and spar with us." What guys are out to spar? So he said, "Okay." He put the he put those MMA gloves on, and uh, that's what they were kind of sparring around with. And he said uh, the guy just moved, and he just, uh, he just did a straight lead uh, with a snap on the end of it and knocked the guy down. Nice. And he said it took about five seconds, and that was it. You know, and then then nobody wanted to spar with him
4: anymore.
3: <laughs> I don't even know it all that well. I just knew I worked on that snap and punch mm-hmm. and, and how to do it, and that was it. You know. Yeah. I said, well, that's about it, dude. You got the JKD down in a Ooh, way, you
4: know? right? Mm-hmm. And you
3: found that out, Jim. you are talking to you when you got that straight lead, right. down, And these guys would spar with you, and you just keep the distance. And Jesus that's Christ, right. it's just so. If you can, if you can learn to read <clears throat> the opponent, if you can learn to maintain the distance. And any kind of guy attacks you, he's just wide open for something. Right. And you just learn how to see and learn how to do it. And bam, and you knock him down, and that's it. You know, that's what Bruce was after.
1: Right. I do borrow exactly a lot of that brilliance. And stuff. From what you notes and But that's t- a lost
3: t- thing because who the hell wants to do right. that, you know?
1: Well, I've, I've borrowed a lot of that brilliance that you've taught me, and I ta- teach uh, many of my, not only my students, but many of my competitive fighters, uh, and one of which, you know, scrap, and we use stuff. And, and I just say, look, this is just some Bruce Lee shit because uh, they don't normally see it, and that's just the best way to describe it. And they'll go, ooh, this is... Yeah, like yeah, stealing yeah. a step and the hammer principle. All these things, by the way, completely work in the ring. You just have to know where to place it and how to place it at that right point in time. And these guys are pulling this stuff off, and they're dominating. And they don't know the where it at, you know, the, the ins and outs of all the details. I'm just top-lining it for them, but there's more for those guys to... And that all comes from you and Bob. Yeah, they, or... they
3: learn. They learn to see. They learn, they learn to right. see that opening coming. You know, good yeah. God, it's so easy now to me. I mean, I, could, I can get it. I can get you know, you know, have the fighting master. But he said, move, and boom. You know, I got him. Uh, it's really cool. You know, right. but you have to be able to hit him hard enough to end it. You know? Oh,
1: yeah, that kind of helps.
3: Right. <laughs> it kind of helps. But right. you know, how many people do that? How many people actually hit yeah. hard? Uh, I got guys many. that are instructors under certain instructors, JKD instructors, to come to the garage they can't hit jesus you know this is true i've gone to work with some of the mf mma guys uh, yep. with eric school eric is one of the greatest guys in the world anyway, good guy and i'm working with this champion and jesus i hit harder than he did and he's like six four and you know 260 it was Man. just insane because they, they do uh they do these arm punches you know there's these you know what i mean it's not those no snap there
1: mm-hmm. no no mechanics mm-hmm. in the whole shot no exactly no, it, they're you know, push punchers. Push punchers, right?
3: They're heavy, but it, it's it's right. so, you know, it's, there's nothing there when you get down to hitting actually
1: hitting something, you right. know? Right, so Tim, it, 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 as we kind of start to wrap up, and it kind of goes with the legacy question, how would you, or you maybe not, would like to be remembered, you don't even think about that? Like, how do you want oh, to be remembered? Right? one good? hell of a handsome More guy. Alan, <laughs> <laughs> a real, look, eye candy. <laughs> yeah, I yeah,
3: I can You know who cares about the martial arts? That's I right. just want to be known for my good looks. There you go.
1: There you go. Right. That's fine. Yeah, I don't think take... that'll happen though. Right. Yeah, you look, you know, you never... And and the the
3: one Jim,
2: if... you lied to me. That's the whole reason that's I came today.
1: Fine.
4: No,
3: you know, think. I just wanna you know, don't don't take don't take it all too seriously. Right. Oh you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. When you're training have fun.
4: Have fun play
3: right. you know, Bruce said, you know, when you're when you're when you're training, play when mm-hmm. and have some play with it when you're fighting don't play mm-hmm. you know uh, enjoy your workouts none of this you know just have fun you know we you know just don't all oh, this total goddamn serious shit drives me crazy right the questions I, you know, i'm just kind of really happy now to just sit back and relax and occasionally get that that uh, request from India to have a guy become an instructor.
1: But, and yeah. Well, do you ever it. like, that's funny. I want to touch it. Cause I, I, look, I
3: said, I don't know why they're already a seafood. Right. Right. <laughs> I do
1: get those. So it's all like, for, how, we'll pay you 4,000 bucks. And sometimes I go, yeah, know, I get that. All shit, you know, that. for a 10 cent copy at, you know, Staples, it might be worth $4,000. I told you you shouldn't be putting seafood <laughs> yeah. on your business cards. Right. right. God. Right. So, <laughs> and it, here, so, if you had, Tim, if you had to go back or if you had the opportunity to go back and do it all over again, what would you change? You know, what would be different in your life? Because you, I know for me, it's a long goddamn fucking laundry list of shit. Well, I, I'd would, be
3: I would have changed some of the stuff I learned in Taiwan. I would have gone to some of these guys that were doing some really cool stuff and spent more time with that right. and throwing away some of the other stuff right away. I would have uh, really worked on, on uh, learning as much as I can and and and. But throwing it away. I don't know what I would I would have actually what I would like to do what I, I my dream would be and you're asking me kind of the same question. Mm-hmm. It's the same question I would have. What what if you, Bruce Lee came back, he could talk to him, I'd say, Okay, Ooh. of all the stuff you learned, of all the stuff you saw, what would you have kept, what would you have done, and what's the rest of the stuff that you were just throwing away? Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of what I would I would have thought too. I might have learned Wing Chun over there. It's supposed, supposed to be some pretty good Wing Chun guys in Taiwan when I yeah. was there. If I had learned that, that would have helped me a little bit, you know, at least with the JKD. Sure. I might have thrown it all away, but that would have helped me starting out and doing all that other stuff, you know.
2: Well, so um, how do you how do you overcome... Yeah, we
3: can... We, yeah, go yeah. ahead.
2: I was just wondering, how do you overcome the challenge of... I mean, knowledge that comes from experience in retrospect is, you know, fantastic. Unfortunately, sometimes it's often not helpful because... You already experienced it, so I'm just wondering, how do you think of a way to distill that kind of wisdom or experience and kind of spare yourself, perhaps, the experience part of it? I mean,
3: how do you instill that in somebody else? No, or
2: yourself. I mean, or, I'm just.
3: I mean, or yourself? Well, I don't know. I, yeah. th- I think it's just. Uh, it's just something that you. Uh, well, you have to be aware of it. You have to be aware of. Uh, you have to look. Look. Look at things. Okay. Here's. Here's the basic thing i uh, what I got from Bremer, okay. And uh, somebody's teaching you something. Uh, you know, be respectful and 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 try to learn it. Try to do your best, but at the same time think, when this guy's doing this to me, what can I be doing to him? What are you leaving open? And so it mm-hmm. becomes a. Once you get the idea of analyzing everything, one of the problems I think with JKD is when when teachers start learning these different arts, uh, they never get down into. What is the actual strength? What is the weakness? What is when does this work? When does this not work? Because they they don't want to be putting down the stuff that their instructors teach. Yeah. them. I think that's a barrier to to learning. Uh, where Bremer never really had that problem. He didn't. He say, "Well, yeah, that stuff's bullshit." You know, he didn't care
4: because he, he
3: would say, "Well, I, 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 here I'll give you a typical example, a typical Bremer example." I'm not even going to say what the martial art is, but we're watching this kind of really fantastic stuff. And I said, "Bremer, I got something to show you." It's like. An hour and a half video of this guy's seminar. He's doing all this really fantastic stuff, cool-looking stuff, and we watch it. And Bremer just sits there. And after I said, "What, well, Bob? What did you think?" And he says, "Well, never in my entire life have I seen so much stuff I didn't want to learn." <laughs> yeah,
1: I remember that. story. That's a great story. <laughs> that was
3: that's the it, that that it's distilled Bremer right there. It is and it his is. attitude because what it was, he was a fighter. He and Jim's uh, Jim's uh, parents, when he was his first wife, they owned a bar, so, and Bremer, they used to go to biker bars. Jim and Bremmer and yeah. them, his friends would go there. Their whole point of learning JKD was to be able to survive. In the street <laughs> so anything that didn't didn't go along with that, you know Bremer was not really thrilled with. he immediately took to Bruce because Bruce had that attitude yeah, man so that. you you can't, you can't teach somebody else you can't teach your somebody else your an attitude yeah, but either you can kind of guide them you can kind of push them along on it, but they still got to have some of those boundaries you got to break through it, it's hard' it's, it's, teaching teaching Jeet Kune Do is is very difficult because it's it, because is. it's so simple if yeah, that right. makes any sense you had to, uh, it, Jerry Potte Jerry had a good good saying on that. He said j is is very complicated simplicity.
1: Right, which is a great quote. So
3: Yeah, that uh, was a good one. That was a good one.
2: Well, I was always kind of curious um about, you know, you were you were saying emotionally bound or intellectually bound or physically bound and when you first said it, I of course thought, well, that was their weakness, the physicality wasn't there and then I realized that obviously you were saying that they were you know, individuals who count too much on their own perception of their strength to kind of carry. Or too them much to, on analyzing it, everything. Exactly, exactly, or this, too doing you know, exactly, exactly, instead of just seeing it. Right, you know. and so, so what I was going to ask you is, of the three, which one do you think is the most difficult to overcome?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Probably either probably be emotionally or intellectually. Um, mm. Both of them are real problems. Emotionally, emotionally is is a difficult one. I think uh, you could tell the guy hey, shut the fuck up about his. <laughs> do it, yeah. but you, to get the emotional thing like that, uh, you know, hit with emotional content. Uh, you know, see see things in front of you. I mean, Nisana was so such a nice person that I remember that uh, they were saying when well, Bruce Bruce said, "Well, you know, goddamn it, hit hit him. I mean, Don't you have anything that you really hate? What you really hate? that you want to just destroy it." Well, I hate doing the dishes, <laughs> that was what would say. <laughs> you say. Uh, you've great. got to be able to put that put that thing in front of you that you just go you just now you're gonna smash the hell out of it. You can kinda you can kinda show somebody how to do it, but sometimes that's kinda difficult. They always kinda hold back and they yeah. they'll go, If you say, Okay, now here's how you take your thumb and you stick it they go, Ooh, you know, I can never do that. Well, yeah, you could if you need to. Yeah. If your life's in danger, if your wife or your children's life in danger, you're going to do anything, you know. And my wife's a Cajun, and she's this a real mild-mannered, you know, really sweet person. But deep down inside, she's a Cajun, you know. She's got that, that thing in her that's so yeah. strong. So, you know, that'll just, uh, you know, she'll, you know. I've never never seen it unleashed because I've been made, made sure I never did. Yeah. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you dare not cross if that, that line. It's that, that, that little bit of thing that you have inside you. Yeah. She's a very strong person, and I know that, uh that if worse comes to her, if anybody ever tried to, you know, it's not like, it's like, okay, if somebody all of a sudden jumps me and starts hitting me, she's not going to stand back. She's going to hit him with whatever she can. Oh, sure. You know? uh, not not trained or anything, just because she has that, that within her. That's and boring. I think, you know, when you're born, some of it's born that way. I think there's something in in, in some of the cultures when you grow up. And the Cajuns are. You know, her father was a trapper, and uh, she was was raised up poor. and uh, And she was, she wasn't, she was born to be strong, raised to be strong. And some people are just raised to be pampered,
1: right?
3: And uh, that's that's a problem today. You have too many uh, too many sissy people.
1: Tim, uh, how long? How many years uh, you married don't now to Mrs. Tackett? don't have that fire in them anymore. How many years you married? For some Tim? reason,
3: southern Southern boys make some of the best soldiers
1: right. because
3: they grow, they're raised a little bit differently. You know.
1: Mm. Tim, how long have you been married to Mrs. Tackett now?
3: I'm uh, on our 58th year.
1: 58 years, my God, Lord. Yeah, well,
3: she has an uncle that was, was uh, for just finished his 91st and uh, her 71st. And, uh, wow. And an aunt who just finished her her uh, 73rd
1: oh, wedding God. anniversary. Wow, yeah, I know. What's a in the 90s? Just,
3: yeah, you, you married a Cajun. It's a it's a it's, it's a life a sentence. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> no know, choice in It's, a, it's,
0: it's oh, a lifetime. That's great. Lifetime thing. Uh,
1: you know. Tom. Tom, is there anything you want to say before we start to wrap this up, brother?
0: Um, just, just on the, uh, advertising stuff. Um, so, uh, Wednesday night group has a few camps this year. Um, if you want to learn the kind of JKD that Tim does, there's one in, um, San Diego, San Diego in late February, um, New Jersey in late July and November in, in Vegas. And, uh, also wanted to mention, uh, Chinatown. Ah, uh, G Kondo or JKD Lessons dot com, which is uh, w- where you can go for online learning um, of of uh, again Chinatown Wednesday night group JKD.
1: Awesome! Hey, All right, t- cool.
0: We're we're thinking about when I do this lesson. i are going to start maybe
3: filming tonight. Uh, wow. We're going to start maybe just taking one technique, like a back fist, and and eventually going through everything. Finally, eventually making a a DVD that people can download. Just and do on, the back on, fist. on on a single technique. That's great. Maybe on a hook kick, maybe one on a straight lead punch, maybe one on footwork. All the different ways to do one thing, uh, and how to practice it. That's what we're thinking about right now. So we're gonna start tonight of of me doing a little bit of that, the last part of class. What we're gonna do is so it doesn't waste. We're gonna I'm gonna show something that I've gotta practice it. And they film it, I show something, and they they practice it. So it's going to take a long time just to get the right. back fist one down So we're going to start with. Oh, that's right. Uh, so we're not going to just take a half hour to film, and people aren't working out because we want to have them work out at it. And so that's yeah. how we're going to do it, okay. take our time with it. You know, that I'm glad that you know you guys are doing the camp. You know, I found out you guys were doing the camp. Oh. It's on Facebook.
4: I, ah, I
1: know I told yeah, yeah. you. Well, you're retired now, Tim. Thing, no one wants you know, to bother you.
3: Yeah, I don't me, give me a, too, uh, Tim. But would nice if I'd have known about it. Yeah, you know, I, I, that's I how, how I learned about it, Tim. You're doing what? Where are you what? doing it? How's this going? Hey, you know, Tim. You get my point? Oh, I, oh, I found it. out on Facebook as well. Tim, I want to thank you very much for. I want to find out things.
1: Tim, I want to thank you very much for coming on the air today and spending you know this hour plus with us. I really do appreciate it. You've been. Uh, you know, it's a, a real privilege. Real privilege. Yeah, absolutely. A real important oh, cool. part thank of my you. life, and and and, uh, and uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything you've done for me, and for the JKD and the Wednesday Night Group. Uh, we're all uh, much better people because we we've had you in in our life, and yes. and send your love to your I, family. I really and family and I, and I, I thank really you.
3: appreciate uh, you know talking to you guys. I I, I do miss you guys. But at the same time, I was talking, thinking about it. I think when you guys do the San Diego camp, I think it's better for the camp if I just don't show up. Uh, I think it's best for you guys to just learn to take over and... And uh, don't you think that in the long run I think that's the best nah, deal?
1: For well, we'll we'll talk to. off the air because I have some ideas.
3: <laughs> We'd love to see. you. Ben. I have
1: <laughs> ideas, Tim. Yeah, I have no, I ideas, think it's big best plans.
3: If you, uh, you know, if, I mean, drop in for a minute. No, that
1: I think that's but a great. I think
3: idea. it's best if I'm not there no, going. You know, what don't you
1: doing don't that think it? so much. <laughs>
3: that <kind of> thing. <laughs> so it's best. Uh, right. I don't know. I'll think about it.
1: You right. Know? Well, well, you, I I do have some other ideas. So, guys, you were listening to Primal Radio. We just had the great Tim Tackett. You can check this show out on. HamiltonRadio.net, now iTunes, Sonos, YouTube, SoundCloud, Amazon Alexa. Every Saturday night, uh, the show will be played 9 p.m. UK time, 9 p.m. New York time on HamiltonRadio.net. Everyone, thank you very much and peace out.